Hey, this is Back to Me with Chrissy. I'm Chrissy, and this is episode two. I'm with Erica Miller, and we are doing self-care with Erica today. How are you doing, Erica? Oh, I'm doing good. It's so exciting to be with you. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have you. You did the funnest um, post on Facebook yesterday. I was just (laughs) loving it. I'm obsessed with P&P, Pride and Prejudice, like I would say probably 90% of us women are. And a lot of men. Yes. I'm not. My boys who have dressed up as P&P for Halloween. It's truth. Who does not, and I can't read a book without a Lizzie Darcy combination. Like I have to have some kind of Lizzie Darcy conflict (laughs) in all of my books that I read. But you did this really cool thing that sparked me down this little rabbit hole of thought. And um, tell me about your text. I mean, your post you did yesterday. So I was talking about how I felt so darn accomplished. Because yesterday I I was working on like some sewing masks and like I was sewing some masks, you know, COVID. Yeah. Like break out something fun. And and then I was cooking something. I was like, man, I'm so accomplished. And then I thought about my pride and prejudice and all the things an accomplished woman does. Like sewing and writing and singing and playing and painting and dancing and posture and reading and uh. And then I realized I'm more like Catherine de Berg, um, who <laughs> is a true, uh, has great natural taste. And if I had ever learned, I would Should have Should I have ever learned, I would have been a great, no, I would have been very accomplished. A what true profession. A true profession. Yes. Right? Because let's be real. I, I can sew and I can cook and I can clean but I call myself proficient. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. You know, and I started thinking about those things and being um, a parent of children with hidden disabilities, which is, um, you know, mostly the women that we're targeting with this and hidden disabilities again are, Erica, nutshell it. <sighs> there are things that make your life a little bit harder that are not apparent to the whole world. You might have gastrointestinal, you might have autoimmune, you might have developmental it might be intellectual. It just is not physically apparent. Yeah, like you wouldn't look at my kids. They don't have the physical traits for fetal alcohol syndrome, but they have fetal alcohol spectrum and fetal drug and, you know, other things. And so you look at these things, and as a parent of children with hidden disabilities, um, I look at it, and I was like looking at her list of being an accomplished woman. I was like, dang, man, those all sound like (laughs) self-care. time to sew or write or sing in a choir or you know get back to playing the piano or paint or do anything I'm like I'm like that is self-care I'm like but what does it mean to a parent with um children with hidden disabilities to really be accomplished and how (laughs) hard we are on ourselves and we can just juggle back and forth we can go for a while and ladies I know you hear me Preach, raise a hand if you feel it. It's being having a clean house. No failing grades. No failing grades. My kids all have deodorant on in the morning. We took showers without yelling. Oh my goodness, showers without yelling. Yes. (laughs) We kept to our routine in the morning and our routine after school. And our before bed routine. No broken dishes or walls in this. Oh day. my gosh. Yes. That sounds really pathetic. It doesn't always happen. Yeah. But- Nobody stormed out of a room and slammed a door. Mm-hmm. Nobody swore at 
you know, nobody lost their temper. We've limited screen time. Oh, limited screen time. Nobody snuck their technology in the middle of the <laughs> night to look at naughty things. You know, um, what else? Having a homemade dinner on the table. Like, these are the things we put on ourselves. Like, this is not society putting on us. As a, as a mom, like, I feel like I need to be doing... Like I've got 50 things I have to do every day just to keep my um, kids with hidden disabilities, um, my special needs kids, to get them through their day at a happy and good pace. And then I've got this other list of 50 things, which I feel like is an ideal of what a good, quote unquote, good mom should be. (laughs) And so it's like this whole list of unmet and unreal expectations. It's this Pinterest perfect world that we oh, can't... Oh, Pinterest perfect world. That we we I aspire towards, but right. we can never achieve. And, right. And as I always think about self-care, I always have to like pause and be like, Erica, maybe the first thing you want to look at for self-care is what your unreal expectations are for today. Yes. Like what is going on in your world that is not quite real or legitimate. Do you feel like you should be able to get through the day on four hours of sleep without needing a nap? Girl, maybe you need to prioritize a little bit of a nap time in there because four hours won't do it for anybody. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ever. Well, and even allowing yourself saying that, hey, taking a nap does not make me a bad mom. It actually puts me in the mind space to emotionally deal with my loved ones when they arrive. Right. Or maybe my unrealistic expectation is that on a day when I had 10 doctor's appointments and running carpools and plus my day job, plus managing kids after school homework, plus a tantrum that I should have a home cooked meal on the table. Maybe that's an unreal expectation an unrealistic something for me to do. And I can be like self-compassion for the day how about the box is just fine? How about that Costco um, chicken is perfect? Or maybe that freezer lasagna is just fine. There's no judgment on that one. Not from Erica, at least. Yeah, amen to that. So what are some ways? I know that you've spent a lot of time, like um, right now you're, you've put in, what, 20 years working with special needs kids. Right. And most of these kids are hidden disability. Correct dealing with hardcore kids with like reactive attachment, mm-hmm. oppositional defiance, fetal yep. alcohol, mm-hmm. um, some on the autism spectrum. I a mean, lot on the autism yeah, spectrum. That's you know, why I live with that in my house. Yeah, that's what you have in your family, mm-hmm. you know. So um, you've done that. Now you're in the process of your um, getting your master's degree. Mm-hmm. Yep and so cool crazy ride you guys oh my gosh she loves research this is the coolest thing in the world i've never seen anybody light up with research before and let's talk about that for a second yeah because half of my world three quarters of my world is about holding emotional space for the people around me helping my kids be successful making sure my husband has a safe place to land when he comes home from a hard day of work making sure that my home is a home um for when i worked at a a school it was making sure my kids at school were safe and creating an environment where they that were heavily emotionally you know you had to be emotionally Mm -hmm. present 100 percent of the time right some people when they hold a whole bunch of emotional space 
check out by binge watching or maybe they they escape into fantasy my brain escapes into research and into facts and it felt it has felt so good to step away from the emotional workload that is right. part of being my mom self and step into something that's concrete sequential that's like it's there and it's logic based i don't have to have any emotion and it it has been like this little respite like well of oasis in the middle of my desert of of hard work and and i think all of us women need to find whatever that is and i don't think anybody maybe not everybody wants to do research i don't i do not at all Uh uh-uh nope but you, Chrissy, will probably love your fantasy. Or what were you? T- you were telling yeah, me your oh, conspiracy dude. theory. Oh yeah, I-, <laughs> I love my conspiracy theory podcasts, <laughs> and I love my Real Housewives, and I love you know what did I just binge? Get organized with the the home edit. I just binge yes. that like in a full day. <laughs> you know, like I'm up to like three in the morning being like, oh, I should do that project. No, I shouldn't. I should just enjoy how pretty it looks when they do it, you know? <laughs> but that takes me to another thing. It's like finding out what our self-care is. Like right. you're at a point in your life and we're not 20 anymore and I'm that's not. okay. I'm, I I'm love, so thankful. I know. I love <laughs> it when my kids call me old. Oh, you're so old. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I wear that like a badge of honor. I you know? have earned this. Every, every wrinkle. Preach. Amen. And, you know, it takes a long time to find yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this is about. Back to me where the name comes from is you spend your whole life as a, you know, taking this road as parenting, as a caregiver, as a caregiver, and you do it because you love them, mm-hmm. you love those you serve, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that love no. and investing. No. Oh, it's so good to invest. But you lose yourself. You lose it. I mean, I know I have along the way many times. Mm-hmm. I've lost that sense of self, my true north. Mm-hmm. You know, and these things, and I think self care plays such a huge role in it. And self-care can look so different. Well, can I get spiritual, like faith-filled for a second? Absolutely. Faith Um, plays a part in everything, no matter what your religion is. So I think there are different layers of anchors in our lives. And we can anchor to whatever your faith is. Like to, for me, it's my Savior, Jesus Christ. I anchor to Him. But part of anchoring to Him is that He knows who I am. And as I anchor to Him, He helps me see who I am. And as I, as I spent years and years as a caregiver, and I'm still doing a lot of caregiving. Right. Home life doesn't change. That has not changed. But as, as I did that, like my anchor was stretched. I was still anchored into him, but my, my vision was on rescuing the souls around me. And as I've stepped back into self-care, he has helped me. He's shined a light back on me so I can see myself. So I can kind of see, whoa, this, these are my absolute strengths. These are the things that light my soul on fire. Yeah, I am darn good at, at caregiving. Yeah. But, and I love it. Well, it's a gift. But, but as I've anchored to my Savior, He has helped me see me. And in seeing myself better, I choose self-care better for myself. I am like holy shnikes, my brain is a powerful thing. I had forgotten 
how sharp I am and how easy it is for me to analyze and synthesize and write and data analysis. And, and he has helped me see that about myself again. And I'm like, in, in all the caregiving I did, I forgot that I can read more than early childhood textbooks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Like, or, or my sweet kids who, yeah. I mean, I have some kids on the spectrum who are super, super brilliant. And they're like, mom, you're so not smart because you're not remembering your <laughs> physics. And they remind me of my physics facts. And I'd be like, you are so right. I'm so glad you remember that. But I had forgotten that I, I am in my own way brilliant and, and it's okay for me to be brilliant differently and it's okay for my talents to be whatever they are. But I think one of the things we can forget as women is that we have to anchor to something. And mine is to Jesus Christ. If your faith leads you somewhere else, anchor exactly there. Absolutely. And then allow that anchor to shine light back on you so you can see who you are. So you're not adrift in the seas. So you can be, like, see yourself. Mm-hmm. Find... And then find that skill. And well, and that gives you hope as well, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's so amazing. Hope is, I think, at the core of this whole journey as well. Yes. You know, the hope that one day, you know, I'll layer enough new neuro whatever's <laughs> on my child's Swiss cheese brain that I won't have to say... Did you put on deodorant? Every Check your sing- list. Check yeah. your list. Well. That's at our house. Like, yeah. do you have a list? Every child has a list. And I say ad nauseum. Yeah. Check your list. What do you need to do today? But having that anchor, mm-hmm. you know, knowing where your core and your, you know, your heart stone, that thing that pulls yes. your heart down, not down in a negative way, but plants you, mm-hmm. you know? I am more than the words I have to say every day. Yeah. Or oh. the menial tasks that I do every yeah. day because I love. Yeah. So tell me with this and with having your anchor and with um, you've done a really brave move this year. You've gone, stepped away from education mm-hmm. and gone in. Well, it's funny. You've been put back into an education, <laughs> into another, Yeah. you know, more in a collegiate scene as a mm-hmm. TA and as. Uh, doing curriculum and research, but stepping away from working with the special needs kids, you're able to find a whole new um, realm of self-care and ease that's transitioned into your daily life. And it's brought, because you've opened up that space, you found and reminded yourself of the things in your life that you enjoyed doing. How can women... How can women um, re-identify with their talents? Okay. That make, do you yeah, know where I'm going does. with that? How can they re-identify with those things that that they're good at, that they used to really enjoy before all these things started, you know, cluttering mm-hmm. us and we started getting down on ourselves and, you know, filling our schedule so tightly that there's no time. Right. So I think, like, one of the things is that, like, I will always have a love for children. I will always have a love for working with children and I will always have that talent. Like I am dang good at teaching kids. And I, but I think there are times and seasons in our lives where we're like, oh, 
this thing that I've held really, really close for a really long time, I can set it three inches to the side. And if I set it three inches to the side, instead of it being right in front of my face, right in front of my eyes, like pick up something, you guys, like pick up your phone, put it right in front of your face, and all you can see is the phone. If you set it three inches to the side, you can see all sorts of more things. It's not just what was right in front of my face. Total Wayne's World, camera one, camera two, camera one, <laughs> camera two. Sorry, everything goes back to the <laughs> early 90s for me. That's <laughs> when I really flourished. I hit my I hit my peak in like 89, 90. <laughs> but really, there are, there are things in our world that get so close that they block our ability to see everything else that's out there. So I think the idea is that like when I transitioned from working in a school setting to doing something else, I just allow I like I didn't I didn't want to stop working with kids. I wanted to stop. I needed to set it to the side, three inches to the side, so I could see if what else is out there for right. me. And and setting it to the side has allowed me to see, whoa, oh, there's a whole bunch out there, and there's a whole bunch that I had forgotten about myself. So so my, my, my suggestion is give yourself permission to not look at your life so closely, to set whatever it is that's in your face to the side and allow something else to show up, to catch your vision, to spark. You know, I love that. Like I, I'm not a good homemaker. Like I have a, <laughs> I have a home that you walk into and you feel comfortable and you know that you're loved and. You know, I've always wanted that, a home that anybody could walk into and just feel like, hey, you know, whatever, plop down, make yourself Mm -hmm. a, you know, sandwich. But I am not a good homemaker, housekeeper. I am not tidy. I do not, I'm not good at keeping up on the dishes. I have clutter places. And um, my mom is an extremely tidy woman, like extremely (laughs) tidy, like you know, if her bed isn't made, she literally can't start her day. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if there's a speck of dust, that's her idea of a filthy house. You know, and I've always put that ideal onto myself mm-hmm. that I had to have that kind of a home Is that to be accomplished. Your and Erica, that has blocked my vision. And just recently, I've it's not like I've given up on my house. Let's be honest. That's what teenagers are for. Load and unload the dishwasher. Uh, best part of my world. Yes. But like getting back to cooking dinners and and not being so like not so heavy on myself and thinking I'm this big loser and I can't do it because I have a filthy house. Stepping away from that has allowed me to see, oh, well, I'm actually spending more time at the table you know, either while one of my, while my daughter colors, I could be doing something or we can Mm -hmm. be talking together or spending time with one of my sons or, so I love that analogy of just stepping away that little bit to see, and I would be so excited to hear what you ladies can see in your life when you step away just that little bit. And, and you don't have to, like, really crazy step away. You yeah. can, like, just set it to the side. Or, like, move it three inches out of, out of the line of sight, right? It doesn't... Ha- because the things in our world get big, yeah. right? And sometimes, as a mom, I spent so much energy trying to fix and so much focus on, on the big crisis, right? The crisis was making sure my kid got their homework in. And so I was spending 
a disproportionate amount of energy helping that. And it was this huge thing. And, and, and my success and failure depended on whether or not I could help my kid right. get their homework turned in. Exactly like a graduate, like a neurotypical (laughs) child would. Right, but it got so big because I put so much of my focus on it that I couldn't see all the other good I was doing, or all the other things that I could be doing, or all the other successes my child was having. Right. So three inches to the side, it gets a little bit smaller. Yeah. And it's still there, and it's still one of my the banes of my existence, helping my kids turn in their homework and being like, got to turn the homework in, got to turn the homework in, got it. Right. I still say it four times a day. Yeah. But it's not as big. Yeah. It doesn't have to take up as much space in my field of view. You know, it also puts things into perspective with you, with your kids too. You think, you know, how much pressure am I putting on them, having them sit and doing their homework for two or three hours? You know, what, what is, what is this, you know, this is this stress in my life, but how is that transferring onto my child? And am I helping them create unrealistic expectations? Oh my gosh. Yes. Am I perpetuating that cycle? Oh, am I perpetuating the cycle? Preach. This is my therapist has heard me say this so many (laughs) times. This is why all of us are in therapy, you know, but it's like, truly like is, you know, uh, are my neuroses, you know, but well, of course they are, of course, because yeah. we, it's what we do. I know. It's humans. I digress. So, um, what do you think as a woman and a mom, you know, they're stepping three inches away and seeing that, um, say it's a mom and she's like, oh my gosh, I used to really love to run, you know, I do not. I'm a... <laughs> Again, not my scenario, but I know there are a lot of moms that do that and they Mm -hmm. find, you know, with my special needs kids, I can't really leave the home alone or doing different things. You know, what are some ideas or outlets you think for, for finding, you know, say you have something that fulfills you Mm -hmm. and can create that self care, but it's not necessarily something you can do in your home. Right. So I think it's really important to see what is what need that's meeting. Right. So if I I used to be a runner. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. I did. I, I've run a marathon. I've done some Shut halves. Shut your face. That's so cool. I'm the slowest. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> no, I'm so slow. I I ran before I knew I had asthma and it took me like six hours to do a marathon. I'm like, I'm yeah. going to do it. Darn it. I hate this, but I'm doing it. So I was a runner. Yeah. Reluctantly. But because I thought I was supposed to. But right. what need was it well, filling for me? Well, because you're built like. I've seen pictures of your family. You guys are, all have very athletic builds. Right. We. I should actually be like lifting weights and carrying things. And like my husband like runs and catches the antelope and I carry the antelope home. Right. right? If we were Neanderthals, that would be my task. You have an athletic build. I, I will carry that antelope yeah. on my shoulders without a problem. But then what need did that running fulfill for me? So it it created endorphins and it helped my brain feel happy because running created endorphins. Okay, that was one thing. Another need it fulfilled for me was this alone time. Oh. I was by myself and there was nobody to talk to me right. for as long as I was running and I oh was I was alone inside my body. Out in the woods of Gig Harbor. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love running. Yeah. I love running in the woods and beautiful places. 
and see nature. I would, I would also go out on trails and things and see nature and see beauty. So it was fulfilling. Like those are three of the needs that fulfilled for me. It was right. being alone. It was getting some endorphins and it was seeing something beautiful. I, and now I can look at that and be like, okay, which is the most priority for me? Because running is lovely and amazing. Do I need endorphins right now? Do I need to see something beautiful? Do I need beauty in my life? Or do I need just some solitude? And then I can take that and, and attack it now. I might not be able to go running right now. The air is bad enough and my asthma is in a place sure. where I can't go run. I, it would be bad for my body to do that. But can I cultivate a place where I can go to the mountains once a week and be in beauty? And is that something that, like, if you had, you know, when your children were younger, mm-hmm. I know that you have children on the spectrum. Yeah. Is that something that would still fulfill you if you took one mm-hmm. of your children? Probably you know, not. Probably but that not. Was, but for somebody yeah. else, it might. Yeah. Right? Like, if you couldn't get away from that. Mm-hmm. And you need to take them. How could you fulfill that? How can you fulfill that need mm-hmm. if you can't step away from your reality here's what my mom did and it was the most brilliant thing and I've kind of like brought it into my own life she would take us to the lake and she had this inflatable boat and she would get on her inflatable boat and she would paddle out so it was just over our heads so she could see us and we were all on the shore playing and she was within reach should there be an emergency but we couldn't get to her yeah so she was enjoying her beauty at a lake surrounded by trees and blue skies it was this beautiful beautiful setting and she could still supervise but she wasn't in the thick of it right so 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 for her she met that need for beauty and um getting alone right right there and and i i gave that example of what the running did for me because i want I want moms to look at like the things that filled your bucket. Right. What did it do for you? What about coming to from a mom back to me filled your bucket? Was it being away from family? Was it meeting other people who understood the same things? Was it the pampering self-care? Okay. What was it? And meet that specific need in another way. We don't have to do the same thing year after year after year to meet that need. We can choose another method that will still meet that need. Well, and a lot of times self-care comes in such diverse ways like it's not always you know going to swig which i talked about last week it's our starbucks here in utah Mm -hmm. it's our gourmet sodas going to swig and getting a drink and coming back you know what does that really fulfill while you're getting out of the house Mm -hmm. that's five minutes of alone time you know and you have a treat and it's a little bit of sugar that helps you feel yes But is that the same as me taking the time to plan a menu, which may not be, you know, um, instant gratification, but in the long term, um, my daughter, pretty girl, um, is really obsessed with her, you know, what's for breakfast, what's for lunch, what's for dinner, her immediate needs, her, her brain is stuck Mm -hmm. in her fight or flight, her immediate needs. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? And so if I take that time to set up that menu, that relieves so much stress for me the whole week long. And you get five minutes of break all day long because she's not asking. I don't have to hear that same question like five times in a day. Mm -hmm. Like it seriously stresses her out. So you're getting that five minute break all the time instead of just that five minute break when you went to the swig. I mean, like that's, that's 
sometimes self-care looks totally different. It's finding your need and intentionally meeting that need. Oh my goodness, totally. Um, It's interesting, you know, as moms, we look at so much and we we hold ourselves to such different standards. Um, But I love what Erica talked about today is stepping away, looking at things just three inches, just move it three inches to the side and take a fresh look at it. Say, where am I? What fulfills me at this point? And kind of what am I missing in that, you know, healthy, happy trifecta? You know, am I am I noticing my TTMs, my tiny tender mercies? Can I see a silver lining right now? If not, I got to start finding, you know, what my self-care is. And as Erica defined with her running, you know, what is it that that specific self-care fulfills in your life and find something that fulfills those holes? Um, I'd like to invite all of you to um, like our Facebook page, um, Back to Me with Chrissy. And I would love more than anything for you guys to start posing questions um, for anything. Erica's going to be a regular on the show. Whoop, whoop. We're woohoo girls. And um, and start posing your self-care questions. Um, we're going to be talking next week or our next one um, about what it's like to be a parent with uh, hidden disabilities or some kind of issue parenting children with hidden disabilities. And um, we'll be talking to a couple of different people with that. And I would love to talk with Erica again. <laughs> love it. Um, love being here. I know. But get onto our Facebook page or old book as my kids call it. Because uh, I don't know how to Insta or all that other stuff. But Get on our Facebook page, Back to Me with Chrissy, and start posing questions. We want it. Or share your stories of success, of, you know, of how you're handling the struggle, what you do to get through your day. Um, Let us embrace one another and let's make this a community and um, let's talk about those topics that really matter, you know, because uh, this is a tough life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we do it because we love our children and our family. And for a lot of us, we feel like, you know, this is not easy, but it's our calling. And um, I would just like to encourage you all to do that. There's also Gmail, back to me with Chrissy at gmail.com. Get on if that's an easier way for you. Post your questions, post your stories. Um, your successes, your struggles, um, topic ideas for future shows. And we'd love to hear back from you. Thank you so much, Erica. It was so fun being here. Oh, it was so fun. I just absolutely loved it. And I love you guys. Um, And as always, um, in closing, I'd like to say what my dad always says. Um, Make sure you fill your... No, he always says you can't pour water from an empty bucket. So ladies, make sure that you are filling yourself with those things that sustain you, not just keep you alive because you can't serve others if you're not serving yourself first. Love you all. Talk to you later.